Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. How many of you have been enjoying our series, Wisdom for Living? Praise the name of the Lord. All right, let's pray to get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your Word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Uh, We're going to look at a well-ordered life. A well-ordered life. Alright. We're looking at a well-ordered life this morning. And um, I want to to say it in context of two things. Context of fulfilling our purpose and walking in the wisdom of God. Now, I want you to do this, right? Outside of writing the topic, write, write December 2023. Everybody write December 2023. You should come to church with your notes. Um, write, write December 2023 down. Have you written it down? December 2023. Have you written it down? All right. It's not as far as you think. That's why I say you should write it down. I know the year just started. But you see, that date that you wrote down is not as far as you think. So I I, want to talk about a life that is well-ordered. And I need to pay very close attention today. A life that is well-ordered. Write this down. A new year gives you four things. A new year gives you four things. The sound is gone. A new year gives you four things. Number one, a new year gives you an opportunity to refine your purpose. A new year gives you an opportunity to refine your purpose. A new year gives you an opportunity to refine your purpose. Number two. A new year gives you an opportunity to redefine your life's vision. And I need you to pay very close attention to this teaching this morning because this is the foundation on which I believe the year will be laid. So, a new year gives you an opportunity to refine your purpose. A new year gives you an opportunity to redefine your life's vision. And number three, a new year gives you an opportunity to readjust your priorities. A new year gives you an opportunity to readjust your priorities. 
A new year gives you an opportunity to readjust your priorities. And number four, a new year gives you an opportunity to bury the past and move into a new future. That means a new year gives you an opportunity to redesign the future. A new year gives you an opportunity to become the architect of your life based on what the Lord has revealed to you. So the four things, number one again, a new year gives you an opportunity to do what? To refine your purpose. Everybody say refine your purpose. What does refine mean? To make coins. Refine means to do what? To to readjust, to fine tune, to process, to get it to the best. Number two, to redefine your life's vision. Number three, to readjust your priorities. And note that. Note that. Because life is about priorities. To readjust your priorities. And number four, it gives you an opportunity to bury the past and move into the new future. There is no need bringing 2022 into 2023. It gives you an opportunity to redesign your future. These are the four things that a new year does or will bring to you. The gift that God gives to everyone that is common to everybody in this life. There are two things God gives. So the first one is opportunity to refine your purpose, redefine your life's vision, readjust your priorities, opportunity to bury your past. Now, there are two gifts that God gives to everyone in this life. Who can guess what those gifts are? First one, the gift of life. What did you say? Time. Ah. The gift of time. What's the second one? Choice? Okay. So, gift of life and time. Alright? The gift of life. Which means, everybody here is alive. Alright? We don't have spirit members. Okay. <laughs> so, everybody is alive. So, the first thing God gives to anybody, white, black, Australian, Nigerian, right? Is life. You're born. You have life. God gives you that. Nobody needs to buy that. And then the gift of your time. Your time that stretches in life. What you do with time will determine the quality of your life. What you do with time will determine the quality of your life. It's given to you free. So let me give you an example. How many engineers do we have here? We have some engineers in the house, right? Right? We don't have any engineer. Your school will not be proud of you. Okay, you're an engineer. All right. So, engineering is how many years? Five or four years? Five years. Wow. So, for five years, you went to school. You sat in class. They taught you physics, taught you mechanics, taught you whatever, taught you all the chemicals. And after five years, they gave you a piece of paper and say, you are now engineer John Wishman. What happened? What you did with your time in five years qualified you to be what? An engineer. Meanwhile, somebody in that five years was jumping from tree to tree, from beer parlor to beer parlor, smoking all kinds of things, mixing all kinds of chemicals, and by the time after five years, the man has smoked to the extent that 
Only cigarette cannot hold him. It has to be mixed. He has grown in iniquity. But when both of them come out, one is an engineer, one is whatever. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? It's what they did with their time. So that December 2023 you wrote, it's what you will do in the next 11 months that will determine that month. You have an opportunity to create December. And many times as, as believers, we just assume that there's going to be this miraculous turnaround. We just believe it's going to be our turn because we have this mindset that God is just sitting. And no when they serve God, you know, his favorite food like Jacob, like um, Jacob, he said, just give me meat. And then we offer praise. We dance like David danced, tear our shirts. You know, dance, just give God crazy praise. Something that God cannot reject. You give him rice, he will reject. You give him food, he will reject. But if you give him praise, God just, you know, kind of lose control. And then God will just point to you and say, this is your year. And so all of us, over 2.3 billion Christians in the world, are just waiting for when it will be our turn, so that things will turn. What a foolish perspective to life. How do you live your life not being in control? How do you live your life as a victim? Do you think God created you in his image and likeness so you just wait for your turn? And we like that kind of Christianity because it's irresponsible Christianity. It puts no responsibility on us. And so we're just waiting. It can be my turn. If it's your turn, if God is, in, is, is dealing with your neighbor, it means God is in the neighborhood. God is, and we like those things. We, we, we like those things. It, makes us, it gives us false hope and illusion. That life is going to be better, even if we're not doing anything about life. It's important for you to understand that God will not override your choices. If you choose to fail, God will not make you succeed. If you choose to fail, if you choose to waste your life, if you choose to live in the past, if you choose to live in regret, there's really nothing God can do with you. God, God can do something with you, but you know what I'm saying. Right? He can do something with you, but you have to choose that God will do something with you. Even Rahab, the harlot we talk about, she made a choice. She identified the spies and knew that God was with the spies and did what? Walked with the spies and got salvation. I know the year has just started, but I told you last Sunday, if you are beginning to see traces of 2022, you are oversleeping again. The book you said you will read, you are now looking for it. It's just one week. But I kept it here. But I kept it here. You are looking for the book. You have not read anything. Bible, you have not read. Prayers, you have not prayed. You are still cruising. You are still coasting. Then tomorrow you will be looking for 1,000 in envelope to sow seed. So that your life will succeed. Shortcuts in destiny never takes anybody anywhere. You have to tell yourself that you have to put in the grind. Are you still here? What you become is determined by your use of time. Life is measured by time because life is determined by what you do with time. 
Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16, very interesting story, um, um, passage of scripture. Let, let's have the amplified version, if you can, please. I want you, family, this year, guard your time jealously. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Guard it. Guard, let your time be precious. Put value into your time. Value one hour. Value two hours. Value three hours. Making the most of the time. Right? Buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. The Amplified Classic says, Making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity, using it with wisdom and diligence. Each day should be used with wisdom and diligence. By next week, Sunday, Monday, we're already half of January. 14, 15 days are gone already. Out of the 365 days you have. And you'll just be watching it like that and it's, it's counting. It's counting. We've done all the crossover. All the prophetic words have gone far. You've eaten. Jesus has shed his blood for you. Chickens and goats have shed their blood for you. Blood has been shed spiritually and physically. For you, what else do you need? I want you to take responsibility this year. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't be surprised where your life ends up. Don't, don't always be surprised. You should have a clue where you are headed to. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. You should have a clue where you're headed to. Now look at this. Psalm 39 verse 4. Let's look at Psalm 39 verse 4. And I'm going to show you something here. Psalm 39 verse 4. Psalm chapter 39 and verse 4. It says, Lord, make me to know my end. And what is the extent of my days? Let me know how transient I am. Let me know how fleeting I am. He says, make me know my end. Let me have an idea how long I'm going to live so that I would appreciate how transient life is. Listen to me. Even if you live a hundred years, it's still short compared to eternity. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? The psalmist was conscious of time. Even if you're going to live to be 80, what kind of 80 years would it be? Let me show you another scripture. Um, Psalm 90 verse 12. That should be a very popular scripture. Who can tell me what's in Psalm 90 verse 12? Psalm 90 verse 12. Bible scholars. Psalm 90 verse 12. Who can tell me? Who can tell me? What? Psalm 90 12? Teach us to number my days so that I will do what? Apply. Don't forget that scripture. Always remember that scripture. Psalm 90 verse 12. Teach us to number our days. Not to count, to number our days that we might present to you a heart of wisdom. Did you see the first Psalm we read? Psalm 39? Um, sorry, um, um, Ephesians? Amplified that each day you should handle it with wisdom and what? Diligence. Listen, what will change your life is the wisdom you use in handling the number of your days. Nothing else. You are one choice away from victory. You know, it's like David, right? David had that circumstance and they captured his wife and all the children and everybody, and they, they were crying. Everybody was crying. Everybody was crying. Everybody was crying. 
And the people decided that they would take stones to stone David. When David saw stones that his people want to kill him, he stopped crying and encouraged himself in the Lord. And asked, Lord, can I recover? Do you realize that God did not tell him, go and recover? It was when he stopped crying. Feeling sorry for yourself is not the pathway to victory. The mistakes have been done. Issues have gone up. Things have happened. You stand up and decide, I want to walk to victory. Moses was crying. And God asked him, why are you crying? Take your rod and stretch over the sea. Listen, until you take an action, God cannot back it. What action are you taking? The year has started again. Are you still waiting for your uncle who didn't come through last, last year for you? Or you are still buried in the events of 2022? So teach us the number of days that we might present to you what? A heart of wisdom. Just write these two scriptures down. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 and Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 6. Ecclesiastes 3 1 says to everything there is a time and a season and Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 6 says there is a proper time and procedure for everything. That's what I like. Look at Ecclesiastes 8 6. Look at this. For there is a proper time and procedure for every delight. Though a man's trouble is heavy upon him. Proper time and procedure. Take note of those scriptures. We'll come back to them. Write these two words down. Very important. Like, write these two things down. A disorganized life would usually end up as an unproductive life. Write that down. A disorganized life would usually end up as an unproductive life. If the, if the life is disorganized. Remember what we were talking about? A well-ordered life. So, a disorganized life would usually end up as an unproductive life. A life, number two, a life that is not well-ordered will be disorderly. You see, by default. Hmm? One of the things that I am I'm practicing with myself and I'm also practicing with the people around me is, I realize that when you ask people questions right now, maybe I'm wrong, but I realize people don't give you very direct answer. Right? When are we going to meet? Let's say between two and three. What, what is between two and three? What is between two and three? When you were learning clock, did they tell you after two, between two and three, and three? No, people are just not direct. It's, it's difficult to get either a yes or a no. Every answer is coming with an explanation. Why were you late? I was not really late like that. I, I left my house early. Were you late? It's a yes or a no. And, we must, and, and that approach has come into our life where we are neither orderly nor disorderly. We are just somewhere in between. When you ask somebody, are you orderly? They'll say, eh, I'm orderly in some areas, in some ways. But in another way, it's not that I'm very disorderly, but some things are not just... Madam, are you organized or you are disorganized? Jesus Christ says, let your yes be yes and your no be no, that anything in between is from the devil, which means it's a lie. Train yourself this year to be affirmative. It's a yes or a no. Are you late? Yes or no. Are you, you know, yes or no. 
give yourself that highest standard. Are you organized or you're disorganized? There's no somewhere like, I'm a little bit disorganized. No, there's no word like that. Don't give yourself the leverage of failure by explaining things away. Are you still here? Come on, I said, are you still here? Right. So, if, you, if you're not well ordered, you're disordered by default. There's no middle ground. Praise the name of the Lord. The years will keep counting. You decide the quality of life you want to have. The years will keep counting. Some of our kids we have, you know, just looking at my, the boys that came in. You know, I had the privilege of praying for both of them. They are birth. But now they are all grown. Yes, we keep counting. If you do nothing about it, it will keep counting. You know, thank God that we don't have the power over time. Some people would have stopped the year since 1960. Say, see, see, everybody mark time. We are not going anywhere. Are you following what I'm saying? But yes, we keep counting. Let me have those pictures. I'm going to give you two pictures. If you can tell me, apart from people in the media... Uh, I'll, I'll show you two pictures. All right. Let, let me have those quickly. I want to show you two men. I'll look at their lives. Who can tell me who is this? Guess. Well, this is from the internet. So, can you guess who is this? Huh? Who? Moses. Wow. Wow. All right. Okay. So it's not Moses. It starts with M, but it's not Moses. <laughs> Abraham. <laughs> All right, it's Methuselah. All right, so this is Methuselah. Of course, of course, there were no photographs those days. Methuselah didn't do birthday shots. All right, so this is just a computer image of Methuselah. All right, beautiful. Let me have the next picture. Who is this? Dr. Miles Munro. All right, beautiful. How long do you think Dr. Miles Munro lived? Dr. Masmuro lived for 60 years. Right? 1954 to November 9th, 2014. Lived for 60 years. How many years do you think Methuselah lived? Huh? 969. Who is, who is answering all my questions here? Who is giving me? There's a brilliant Bible student here. Methuselah lived 969. Let's read his 969 years. Go to Genesis chapter. Because some of us are praying for long life. The question is to do what? Hmm? What the long life they are giving you now, what do you want to use it to do? To flex. So I want to have soft life. <laughs> let's, let's look at your uncle. Genesis 5.26. Then Methuselah lived 780 years after he became the father of Lamech. And he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. Two verses. He was done. So all that was captured. I've taught a message on Methuselah before so you can look for it and listen to it. But all that was captured about Methuselah was that he had sons and daughters. 
And you know, that's the natural default of everybody. Grow, fall in love, give birth to children. Your children, then you go on, your children fall in love and give birth to you. That's the natural course. Even animals follow that course. So it doesn't require much effort. The only effort is the falling in love stage. Either you are buying gifts or you are sending text messages or you are calling or you are escorting. You know, that's just the effort. After that, everything else is just normal. That's the normal pathway. And for almost 1,000 years, this man was breathing oxygen daily just to give birth to sons and daughters. And some say, well, uh, is it that uh, maybe the Bible did not record? No. When you go to verse 22, the Bible says, Enoch walked with God and was not. So people in his time did things that were unique. In Genesis chapter, chapter 10 and verse 9, the Bible says, Nimrod was a mighty hunter before the Lord. So Nimrod was a hunter. Even Cain that was cursed built a city. So people did stuff. So all Methuselah boasted of was that he lived. You know, you get to a point in your life where you start threatening people with your age. Am I your mates? It just gets, because that's, all, that's almost all you can confidently boast of that I have. When Nigeria fought Biafra, were you there? When Ojuku ran to Côte d'Ivoire, were you alive? What are you saying? And all you can confidently boast of that nobody can take away from you is your knowledge of history. When the first masquerade came out from Bonny Island, I was there. Were you there? Those are the things you can boast of. Nothing else. Nothing else. And when you move from there, you now start boasting with your children. My first son is older than you. That's it. And that's just it. Because for the masquerade, you contributed nothing. You just saw. Even drinks you didn't offer to the masquerade. And it's easy to just live life that way. Because you would have a lot of people who are like you. So when you say, did you see the first masquerade? Say, listen, an old man is talking. This generation, I don't understand. And then you live there with an air of importance. Because the first moon that rose over Nigeria... You are the people that welcome the moon. It's beautiful. And all you have is history that you lived. And that's why some people cannot talk about the future. They always talk about the past. What happened to them in secondary school? What happened to them 50 years ago? Because that's all they have. It's history. Either bad or good. There's no vision. They're not using their imagination to live. They're using their memories. If you want to be great, you live with your imagination. And that's why when the Lord came to Gideon, he says, thou mighty man of valor. He called him by his imagination. See yourself a mighty man of valor. You see, God cannot do for you what you have not seen yourself doing. Are you still here? Dr. Miles Monroe lived for 60 years. He wrote 54 books. Some people say 60, some say 54, so depending on where you're reading his biography from. He wrote 54 books. And out of that 54 books, 26 were bestsellers and are still bestsellers still today. So I'll just read his history very briefly. Miles Monroe did not have a great childhood, all right? So 
I can tell you a bit about him. He grew up in a two-bedroom apartment in Bahamas with 11 siblings. So they had 11, they were 11 kids in the house. 11. I know he grew up pretty sick. His sister used to always take care of him. They were very poor. Very, very poor. Very poor. Two-room apartment, 11 children, plus father and mother, that's how many? Eh? 13, divided by two. Eh? Six and a half. That means one person will sleep here and cross into it. That's the half. But you can imagine the, the, the condition with which he grew. Monroe discovered when he was at the age of 13, after being insulted by his teacher who called him several names, such as Black Monkey, he said one of those nights he was disturbed and couldn't sleep until his mother showed him from the Bible, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ever ask or imagine. His mother showed him that scripture and showed him Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. God blessed man, called him to have dominion. Those two scriptures changed Mass Moron's life. And you know, if you listen to him a lot, you hear the story of the day that professor came to one of his book signings and apologized to him. I say, sorry, I called you a black monkey. Came to one of his book, one of his events. If somebody calls you a black monkey now, hmm, you will say, oh, my mental head. My mental head. That's, that's what people are training around now. Mental head. I need mental head. I was called a black monkey. My mental head, black monkey. And everybody in the world will know you were called a black monkey. You read Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, it won't make meaning to you. Having attended Oral Roberts University, he received the Bachelor of Fine Arts Education. So you read Fine Arts Education, Theology in 1978, Master's Degree in 1980. And he received several honorary doctorate degrees from various universities and ended up as an adjutant professor of the Graduate School of Theology at Oru. He had the 1998, he had the OBE um, Award for Service to Religion. 1998, again, he was given the Bahamian Silver Jubilee Award for Service to Bahamas in the area of spiritual, social, and religious development. In 2004, he, he was the alumnus of the year for Robert University. Two quotes he said. He said this. He said, when my friends were reading magazines, I was reading scriptures. See, when my friends was reading magazines, I was reading scriptures. And he said, when my friends were busy with girlfriends, I was busy developing myself. What is the transformation between Dr. Mouse and Methuselah that we saw? Or Dr. Mouse and yourself? Nothing. It, 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 it didn't come out of a very developed country in that sense. You wouldn't say that in that sense. It wasn't a Canada, it wasn't a US, it wasn't. But from that Bahamas, in fact, I think more, more people know Bahamas because of Mars. Put that island on the world map. Consulted with governments. Of course, when he passed on, he was even on his own private jet with his pilot and his wife. They were going for their international leadership conference. He built a leadership conference in Bahamas that people were flying from all over the world to come to Bahamas to attend that leadership conference. He did something with his brain after he has been called Black Monkey. 
You were just called black. They didn't even add monkey. Just a blackie, and now you have mental health issues. You know you're not serious. You see, you believe the words of people over you than the words of God. And it's because it's comfortable for your emotions. You can cover the curtain and cry. Oh, my father, who should believe in me? Called me a fool. If they had even called you wise, would he have made any difference? Take charge of your life. Are you following what I'm saying? Take charge. I know on the judgment day, the devil is going to slap some people. Because when they say, why did you face? Hey, 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 excuse me. <laughs> I was not part of your life. Because once you are disorganized, the devil can leave you alone. You will self-destruct. You know, one of the greatest problems we have in this nation is disorganization. We, once we are on a queue, something within us tells us, scatter this queue, scatter the queue. It, it just comes up. It, you, you feel, you'll be sweating. You'll be sweating for being orderly. You just sweat. You just feel like the place is too, is too arranged. You know, sometimes people walk into our church and say, why don't you like, is it that your church is too, is too, you know, because you just move where chairs are falling, then ushers are rolling, say, hold him there, hold him there, seven, Holy Spirit, two there, five there, and hey, that's the power of God. The greatest power of God works on mind renewal. Miracles never changes anybody. Because miracles impact your physical body. What changes a man is what? Renewal of mind. And of course, we see healings and miracles and we don't take that. But do you understand what I'm trying to say? That's why people go for deliverance all the time. And because their mind is not renewed. You went for deliverance in January. They said you were free. And they February you went back. And then March you went back. And it's been 10 years. They are always calling your case. But because your mind is, is already distorted, you will not even see anything there. Do not blame others for how your life ends up when you do not order your life properly. What you do with your time would become the outcome of your life. I got this quote by the Holy Spirit yesterday night and it, it, it just was a blessing to me. Give all the excuses you can about life. Life is death to your excuses. Give all the excuses you can about life. Life is death. Life is not listening to your excuses. Life is not listening to your excuses. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? One of the things I want you to do after today's service is to go and own your life and own your time. A time must come in your life where you don't need extra motivation. A time must come in your life where you don't need extra counseling. The one they counsel you is okay. You sit down and make that decision or make something out of my life. Praise the name of the Lord. A well-ordered life. A well-ordered life. I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday night as I was praying the message. I was sharing a bit of the message with him. And I told him something. I said, you see, when you see people who win Nobel laureates and all of these international stuff, you don't see them in their palace all the time going for parties. Hmm? You don't see them all the time. 
You only see them when their work is recognized globally. Why? Because they were behind the scene building. You know, some of us are too, we are too scattered to be impactful. Just too scattered. You can see beer parlor everywhere. You can't see laboratories everywhere. Hmm? You see science lab every, in every street corner. No, you can't. But I mean, for a beer parlor, what does it take? One plastic table? Two plastic chairs? Huh? One music? And one star logo? You, is, I mean, I mean you, know, you can just... With a canopy, you are on. Because it's, it's, it's a destructive place. So, it's easy to start up. This is not the year to be everywhere. You would have to let go of certain things. You cannot have a disorderly life and want to have an impactful life. Consider the future of your children. Consider the future of the nation. Consider the potential that God has for you. There are books that must be read. There are messages that must be listened to. Task your brain. Task your brain. Become better than you were last year. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 27. Oh wow, time is gone. Quickly. Proverbs 24, 27. Look at this. That's, that's, that's the key verse. Prepare your work outside. Make it re- and make it ready for yourself in the field. Afterwards, then build your house. This is where I'm actually taking the theme of the message from. Order. I like what the Good News translation says. Don't build your house and establish a home until your fields are ready and you are sure that you are earning a living. Hmm? Order. Don't build your house and establish a home until your fields are ready and you're sure that you can earn a living. The Bible in basic translation says... Put your work in order outside, make it ready in the field, and after that, see to the building of your house. What is it trying to tell us? Have order in your life. Huh? You are in relationship. You don't have transport. <laughs> so I would have loved to see your face, but <laughs> I don't have transport. <laughs> So, how long have you been in a relationship? We are going to nine and a half, close to ten. How long does marriage last? <laughs> Look at this now. He said, prepare your work outside. Make it ready for yourself. Afterwards, build your house. Look at what good news said. Don't build your house and establish a home until your feet are ready and you are sure that you can earn a living. Let me tell you this. Sorry, I'm saying it from a love of heart. Your children are first of all your responsibility. Say amen. Amen. They are not church responsibility. They are not your uncles. I know you have said God has blessed him for you. They are your children. They are bearing your name. They are first your responsibility. And for a child of God who is born again... The relationship you are in should be leading to marriage. If, it, if it's not, 
Don't waste your emotions. What season of life are you in? And then don't follow people who are building their homes, who have already, no, um, who are already, um, who have already prepared their work outside. Every one of us is in different season. You might be in the season where you need to labor. You know, like Miles said, while his friends were reading magazine and doing all kinds of things, he was busy reading, right? He could have said, oh, I'm going to go out and play. But after many years, what happened? He got into where he got to. What am I trying to say? People are in different seasons. Yeah? People are in different seasons. You know, sometimes when I travel the nations and I preach, some of my friends who just started ministry reach out to me and say, I will bless God for the grace of God on your life. We thank God for what God is using to you. We celebrate grace. We tap into that same grace. It's been 15 years of full-time ministry. It's been 15 solid years, consistent years of full-time ministry. Preaching in primary schools, preaching in secondary schools, preaching in teenage camps, preaching in the bus. It's been 15 years of doing nothing but preaching. Don't just celebrate grace. Celebrate hard work. Don't make it look like God is partial. You have books you won't read. You have messages you won't listen to. You are everywhere in town. Your money is spent. And then you just expect that for some weird reason, because of too much African magic, you will just marry one rich man's daughter. You just say, my son, I like you. Take this car. Hmm? But for some reason, after playing and wasting your life, you just see Zara. I just fall in love. <laughs> because I want grandchild. Because I want grandchild, Abby. You know the easy, that's the easiest thing to have. Is the quality of life <laughs> that that grandchild will experience after you have gone. That is life. And you don't also blame them because sometimes ladies fall in love with weird people. No vision, no traction. He said, I just like him beers. The way he beers, just, I, I just, it's just something, something. That's something. <laughs> they will still drive you. You know, I mean, sometimes it's where how people fall in love. Does he have vision? I don't, but what God will do with our life will shock everybody. It will shock us. Oh, yes. As for shocking, we will be shocked. Are you following this? I will read it to you in scriptures. Eh? He that cannot provide for his own home is worse than an infidel. Men, leave love alone first. Purpose, work. God gave Adam work before he gave him wife. There are not many good women in the world again. Okay, don't bother. There are good work. Just be working. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Money you should use to buy books. You are using it to buy a recharge card. 
to do calls. And what are the calls for? I like your hair that I saw today. What is the name of the hairstyle? Your mates are learning how to produce app. You are learning the name of women hairstyle. Not that you are into fashion. And then tomorrow you will now be crying, Father, where are my destiny helpers? What will they help you with? When the destiny helpers come, what will they help you with? Because our concept of destiny helpers is people that fund foolishness. You are just on your own. Somebody will buy a house for you. You are just on your own. Somebody will buy a car for you. You know that's our concept. Somebody will just say, come and travel with me. The concept of favor we have taught in church and destiny helpers have produced very irresponsible people. You need to have something and a direction with your life. That's when God can raise men to help you. When God raised destiny helpers for David, it was because David was becoming king. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Four things. Understand the stage of life you are in and the priority of that stage. What is the priority of that stage? Are you married now? What's the priority of that stage? Do you have children now? What's the priority of that stage? You cannot forsake the priority of raising your children for something else. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, there might be some tough decisions you will have to make to say, you know what? I want to be available for my children for the next 10 years of my life. It might be tough. But if that's the season you're in, you, you make the sacrifice. It's like when we're coming into full-time ministry, I told Pastor Mary, I, I know I'll be traveling, I know I'll be doing a lot of things. I, we might need to just make a decision concerning raising the kids. And she had to make that sacrifice. She had to make that, because that's the season we're in. For many years, she didn't travel with me because she had to be home with the kids. You, you see, you cannot eat your cake and have it. You cannot want to live an impactful life and you are disorganized. No new knowledge. If you are up at night, is to watch movies. Hmm? You are not dull. The way you analyze football shows you are not dull. You know when they transferred somebody from Chelsea in 1972 for 7 million pounds and the person did not play. You can watch football like this and tell people that are out of position. That's how brilliant you are. But you can't tell that your life is out of position. Very brilliant in things that do not contribute to your destiny. You know how APC started. You know the founding fathers of PDP. You don't have PVC. So, so at the end of your analysis, you can't contribute to who win or who. It's just, just very knowledgeable in matters that does not concern you. You know who should be king of Bonnie, and if they look at the lineage, even in the next 1,000 years, you don't make it. Why don't you just live your life? One of the things that you tell yourself this year is that you'll be knowledgeable in things that concern you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Give me a few minutes. The, there was a particular year where our club was playing nonsense. So my son was asking me that, will you not watch much? I said, for this year, I'm not watching. My mental health. <laughs> if you people have decided in London that you people will be losing matches, I'm not the one that will suffer here for you. So until they change that coach, I did not. Because there's no need. I will now go to bed angry. 
go to bed. <laughs> you know, that period, my wife now said, this is your club, is always losing. My, I said, no, it's not my club this year. <laughs> I won't change club, but I won't watch. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Don't, don't, anything that does not contribute to your destiny should not also contribute to your destruction. They are not paying me. <laughs> I'm only rejoicing with those who rejoice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So, the importance of proper priorities. Proper priorities. Proper priorities. Write that word down. Very important word. Proper priorities. As you are leaving church this afternoon, what's your priority? Hmm? See, as simple as this, take time to cook so you will not buy food outside. Prioritize cooking over attending birthday parties. It's just proper priority. Are you following what I'm saying? Some of you, proper priority means go home and sleep. Let your brain rest. Throughout the week, you've been working, you've been working, you've been working, you've been working. Today now, you have scheduled village meeting, townspeople's meeting, uh, old women, old boys association, afternoon club. You are secretary general of people who are going nowhere, people's club. You are that, now, now, once we close church from 12 to 7, one meeting or the other, agreeing to disagree. I, I, I don't agree. I don't agree. You have meetings where you will quarrel for the next six hours. Anger everywhere. Then when you finish by seven, and I say, I will call you, I will call you. This matter, it will not end like this. Then you spend another two hours explaining to everybody. So the whole Sunday is gone. And yet, this is your year. If you get the order of your life wrong, you may struggle through life. If you get the order of your life wrong, you may struggle through life. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I don't want to rush this. I'll, I'll stop here. We'll, I'll continue with this on Wednesday. A well-ordered life. I'll continue with it on Wednesday because there are areas that need to put your life in order. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen to me. Love a regimented life. Love a life that has routine. It's something I am training myself more now. You see, we have freedom. Hmm? But you see, freedom puts greater responsibility on you. Permit my use of, exam- uh, my use of examples. But you remember, well, I wasn't, I wasn't there here, but from what we read, when the colonial masters were here, right, things were a bit properly done. Of course, we suffered some beating. Thank God I was not alive then. But things were, right? Then they gave us freedom. It's like when you were in your father's house, you read. Eh? Your father said, you can't go out by seven. So you were at home by seven. Even though your spirit went out. But your body was within. Now, you are an adult. You don't have a time you should go back to your house. You see, you can't manage freedom. That's why in developed societies, when you cannot manage your freedom and you commit crime, they put you in prison. So they tell you what to wear. You can't wear sleeveless in prison. Tell you what to wear. Give you a number. <laughs> tell you when to eat. When to wake up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because since you could not manage the freedom they gave you, you use it to commit something, they will now help you again and put you back. And after many years, 
They'll take you out, give you a bit of parole to check if you can manage freedom again. So for some people in developed countries, not you say where we make all these examples, forget about your people here. In developed countries, for some, they will put a tag eh, on their leg, a tracker. Hmm? So they will tell you you can only go one kilometer. What? They are testing freedom. And because they can't manage, you just say the guy goes to 1.5 kilometers, the next they are picking. Come back, come back, come back. You have not learned your lesson. Some of you would still have done well if your parents were still controlling your life. At your age, you should not be reminded of certain things. And let me tell you, life separates people. Hmm? See, everyone you are calling your friend right now, everyone you are calling, oh, my pally, we grew together. By the time life hits, and they grow. Did Mass Moreau not grow up with people? You know, what, when, when growth powers us, we call it pride. When growth, when change, when development powers us, you call it pride. Say, ah, he's, not even, he's not even associating with us again. His priorities have changed. Don't play when your friends are growing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't play when your friends are growing. Because when growth comes, life will separate you. My mentor, uh, late mentor, Reverend Tony Ate, will always say, life will separate us. Life will separate us. Don't be the one who will be asking for help tomorrow when you had the ability to recreate your life today. Take your brain. Make it work. Pick books and read. Change your life. Order your life. Have when you will wake up and when you will go to bed. Have when you will read and when you will pray. We'll talk about that on Wednesday. Regiment your life. You are not in this world to make friends. Know the relationships you will invest in and relationships that you will not invest in. And what amount of energy am I giving to you? Are you still here? So I'd like you to go back today, take this message, listen to it again, and start the year on the right note. It's still early in the year. It's not too late to make corrections. Never too late to turn on the right. If you are married, don't behave like you are single. If you are single, don't behave like you are married. Don't be cooking for people who have not paid your bride price. Hmm? And then when you are cooking, you, you tie wrapper on your chest. You go to the house, offload your clothes, tie wrap on the chest, very diligent, wife material. You are either a wife or not a wife. Don't be saying you are a wife material. And guys here, don't be making ladies do for you what is only permitted in marriage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are chefs, there are cooks in your company. Since you like people to cook for you, go and pay them. Other people's daughter are not the solution to your poverty. Say, it's my friend. He just likes to cook for me. It's my friend. He just likes to cook for me. Go and learn to cook. All the movies you are watching on YouTube, go and open YouTube. How to cook a goosey soup. Say, say grind the goosey, then grind. You pause, grind. <laughs> put two spoons. You put two spoons. Anyhow it ends up, you will not die. You may only use the toilet a lot of times, but after that you become better, after that you become better, after that. So you don't be harassing people's daughter. Say, can you help me cook? No, we can't help you cook. Go to YouTube. Anything you want to learn is on YouTube. 
how to make akara in YouTube. You say, I, I like this food, this soup from your area. Check YouTube. Every area is available on YouTube. Glory to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask that your word will come straight into our hearts. And we pray, Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we will take wisdom lessons this morning. And Father, we, we, we will take responsibility for the progress of our lives. We pray that every life here is blessed. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.